Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah! Gays Against Guns is an inclusive direct action group of LGBTQ people and allies committed to nonviolently breaking the gun industry's chain of death. Investors, manufacturers, the NRA, and politicians who block safer gun laws. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm one of your hosts, Sarah Germain Lilly. And I'm Ty Kersley. This week's episode of Radio Gag is all about the women's convention in Houston last week. But to start off with, we'll discuss the armed and deadly reactions to the FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago. So there's been so much chatter and backlash since Trump's Mar-a-Lago palace was searched by the FBI on really serious, serious matters that could affect all of our safety, uh, espionage, secrets. Uh, boy. Um, well, first, I want to say that someone who's handled TSSCI stuff, my adult life, um, the release of it would cause exceptionally grave damage to the national security. That's the high level of it. And here we have um, we have the GOP and Fox News and Steve Bannon talking about tyranny, talking about go out and, you know, and fight against this fight back. You know, talking about the FBI using this Nazi language. Have you heard some of this, Ty? Right. It's being escalated for the wrong reasons. Um, and it's angering uh, people. And we've seen, you know, someone get killed over this. Yeah. Now, this cannot be taken lightly in a post 9-11 world. Um, and there are a history of episodes of violence after conservative commentators and Republican lawmakers escalated the instability around the standoffs in Waco and Ruby Ridge. And in fact, the Oklahoma City bombing was on the anniversary of Waco. So this stuff doesn't just go away. It provides a rationalization for unstable people who have an idea that they can disrupt the government or I'm not even sure what their goal is. It's a different world on how people react to the government, but it's another thing when the government that is upholding these laws and trying to keep national security um uh is is somehow the enemy yeah and republican lawmakers are part and partial of our government no bout a doubt it they are passing laws they are active in constructing our future through uh through these laws and and you know eh. Yeah, it's a pretty scary time, and it's really unfortunate 
that the news media is not held accountable for the type of outrage that they're fomenting needlessly. And it ends up in Cincinnati, the attack, and then someone dead. Our In Memoriam is from Libby Edwards. Iris Santos loved the theater. When she was in middle school, she appeared in numerous productions and won festival competitions. At Ali Fayez D's Elsik High School, she helped out backstage and with makeup for the theater productions. She wanted to go to Hollywood, Santos's mother, Maria Carrion, says. She kept dreaming all the time and believed that no one can take away your dreams. Santos was born and raised in southwest Houston, the youngest child in her family with two older sisters and an older brother. She was a determined student who loved her classes and especially the science courses. Carrion remembers Santos often coming home and telling her how her day went and which teachers she liked the best. She once entered a spelling bee and won first place. Santos had her mother's full support when she transitioned as a teenager in high school. She wore a dress to the ninth grade and was so happy, Carrion recalls. Tamika Caston Miller, an out teacher at the Ilsic High School, was a sponsor of the school's Gay Straight Alliance Club when she met Santos. She became part of the GSA, and it was very important to her, Caston Miller says. She later became one of Santos's mentors and kept in touch with her until her death. After the ninth grade, Santos attended her first LGBT pride parade. She decided to stand in front of a group of protesters speaking her truth. She was very brave, Caston Miller says. The next year, Santos joined a coalition of other schools and marched in Houston's Pride Parade. Following graduation, Santos agreed to participate in a panel of Episcopal church leaders who were advocating for trans acceptance in the church. She fought for her identity, Caston Miller says. She was a really kind soul and a fighter for justice and truth. She was very spiritual, Carrion adds. She was happy and full of dreams about what she wanted to do in life. She loved Mexican traditions and wanted to travel and do so many things. There was no evil in her. She was always reaching out to help someone. After her high school graduation, Santos built up an online business selling candles and soaps. She also did makeup consultations and even provided tarot card readings for her clients. Carrion last saw her daughter on the Sunday before the murder. She was excited, planning to attend a big convention for people who drew readings. Before we parted, she hugged me extremely hard and kissed me and said goodbye and that she loved me. Then she came back and hugged me a second time. Iris Santos was sitting at a picnic table on April 23, 2021, when she was shot and killed. We remember you, Iris Santos. Thank you, Libby. We are remembering Iris today because, Sarah, you represented 
Iris at the Women's Convention in Houston uh, as an HB. Uh, so we consider a donned in white with a placard with her name and uh, a little of her life. How how was the response to uh, one an HB, uh, but also just gag in general at the convention? Well. It was really great. We opened the convention on Friday night um, in the Friday night sessions, and I represented Iris Santos as an HB, um, and people just passed by me. And it was really interesting, uh, Ty, you know, because it's kind of a friendly atmosphere, and people are curious. So a couple of people tried to speak to me and then you get that reaction of like, oh, you know, like they get it. And then they read the card and then they pass by uh, respectfully. And yeah, so it causes people to pause. And then it's a great way of starting our session, which is all about the performance art that gag does to draw attention to the issues of gun violence and particularly in reaction to deaths but also in many many other contexts so that was the first taste of it was seeing the hb so i saw that you and bridget had our nra sachet away runway that looked fairly popular and you had some signs and feathered boas made it down there, I think. Uh, tell us more about um, the, the style of, of gag in uh, the women's convention. Well, Bridget McGinn is a fabulous organizer and has a, a wonderful sense of the fabulous. Uh, she raided the uh, Party City warehouse near the convention, <laughs> and she brought home these big bags of um, amazing colorful hats, uh, this uh, fabric in orange and pink and iridescence, and a rainbow runway. So we had a rainbow runway to uh, for people to walk on, and then we had these great hats, and feather boas as well as messaging not just about gun violence prevention but also throughout the weekend incorporating messaging about um, uh, reproductive rights about violence against women about don't give up hope about the many many messages of the convention itself and you know really made it an opportunity for people to have fun, uh, get dressed up, uh, post things on social media uh, with the particular message that they wanted to convey. And uh, boy, it was it was very popular. And a lot of young people were just having a great time with it throughout the convention, because after the session, we took it out onto the floor of the convention right near the social justice city where people were mingling and going back and forth and looking at booths and um, it was a great addition to the convention and it was a, a wonderful way to get out gags message as well as network with the many many other groups that, who were there so gag has a rainbow runway uh the new step and repeat yes yes yes, yes. <laughs> 
You're listening to WBAI 99.5 FM Free Speech Radio. This is Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. You can hear us on WBAI 99.5 FM on Tuesdays at 2.30 p.m. or on your favorite podcast platform. So pour yourself an icy beverage, sit back in the shade, and listen. Listen in while Radio Gag shares all the dish on how to end the gun violence epidemic. And please, please help to keep us on the air fighting gun violence by making a contribution to WBAI. Be generous and give now. You can call 212-209-2950 and make a pledge. Call 212-209-2950 or go to give, that's G-I-V-E, numeral 2, WBAI.org. And thank you. And now we're back with Bridget McGinn with more from the Women's Convention 2022 in Houston, Texas with Gays Against Guns. Given your history of being an activist, particularly using your creative and your artistic talents in your activism, what advice would you give yourself as a 16-year-old, as a budding 16-year-old of what I can like? What you have learned about activism and using creative activism, what would you tell yourself at 16? Um, don't shut up. <laughs> Just don't, you know? I mean, I, I've only been like seriously, I mean, I, I, I think the nature of my personality person is, is like someone who stands up to things and what have you, but I never considered myself an activist until um, the Pulse nightclub and Gays Against Guns. I was never a part of any organization. I supported them. I, ra- I was raising a family. I was doing all sorts of other things, um, you know, career and all of that other stuff. Activism was not on my agenda until it really hit home. Um, but I can remember having a sit-in on the sewer plate in the street because the boy, which was home base, we had bases painted on the street to play. And I remember having a sit-in, you know, in 1978 on, on the sewer plate with the five other girls on the block because we weren't being allowed to play kickball, they were saying, you know. Um, but we shut up. We didn't let it go, you know, that was as far as we got. And we were considered cute and a nuisance. And we annoyed the boys for a day, but the parents didn't even listen to us, you know. And, and I use that as an example because the boys then had something going on where they wanted, I don't know, whatever it was, later bedtimes or something. And um, and I'm talking about my block, we had a little block, so a lot of people, like it was like, you know, crew, 60s and 70s kind of life, it's very different than now. Um, but they wanted late, like later bedtimes, and they got like a whole forum and a meeting, and they had all the grown-ups in somebody's backyard, and they, they all got to make their points about everything, you know? And I remember how that stuck, with me, like, man, we sat, you know, we sat on the sewer plate for an hour and, you know, got our heads handed to us and then we walked away with our, our, our tail between our legs. And here these guys, like, they're, you know, automatic, you know, and you just notice that. Um, and I think all girls notice it and that, that we just have to learn not to shut up. Just don't do it. Don't do it with our bodies, with how we dress, with how we express ourselves. So, yeah. I, that would be my number one thing, would be just keep speaking up. Yes? Um, thank you for all the work that you do. Um, as someone like myself, I also don't shut up as well. 
where my head and my heart were going, or my head was going in one direction and my heart was going to a different direction. And that's what has happened as a product of colonialism. Right? That's colonialism for me. The moment that they told me, your head is here and your heart is here, they are completely separated. My heart was going to this. What is your political position? Because this is a, like gays against gods. I see this in like humans against gods, right? Against violence. So what is your position around militarization? Around what? Militarization. Militarization. Oh. Oh, like the militarization of like, the police? Um, just the way that the United States is like has militarized everything. Everything. Like, yeah. like yeah. when you were showing the like the money, like I, I'm not from here, I don't live in this country, but that's where I, I just kept on going, like, and yeah, like, so because you said at the beginning, you said you're not necessarily against uh, against guns, yeah, yeah, because because Americans take big offense at the threat of their guns being taken away, right. so it really pushes their button that it says that we say against okay. guns. So that's like you're against America. So this is the case that just trying to comprehend uh, from a political perspective. How do you, when someone asks you this question as a militarization, what is as an organization? Yeah. Well, we see. We see. So part of our mission is to name, blame, and shame everybody involved in the gun industry, the manufacturers, the political, the politicians who support the laws for the manufacturers to be able to produce the guns, et cetera, et cetera. So, and we recognize very clearly that that is all a part of the same corporate monster. Thank you. Um, that the, the military, war, all of that. I mean, we were, ba we were, you know, America was founded on slavery. We were founded on like the most nasty aspect of being human, to, to enslave other human beings. And on top of that, war. And guns. It's part of our culture. It's a huge part of our culture. And so a major part of what we do, because we are singular, we don't, you know, we decided we only talk about guns. We will come to an action with, you know, youth organization um, to represent teen suicide with guns, right? There's intersection everywhere. We'll show up with everybody. But we always make our focus on the guns because the guns are the thread through so much of what controls our political system. Our lawmakers are, you know, the, the provocation of civil war, um, you know, Black Lives Matter arming themselves because they have to, because they're being, they're being threatened by guns. And the only, you know, it's just one thing on top of another. It's very, very, very scary. And we see it as all part of uh, that guns are like the core to a huge culture of pat white patriarchal power in our country. And that's what it's based on. And the number, you know, and when we think about like, and we also try to, you know, we'll offer a representative. We can't as gays against guns, but we have friends with other organizations who will say, oh, you got $5,000 from the NRA this year? We'll give you seven. Don't vote on this and make sure this goes to the table. Will you do it? And then it's all this like, oh, like because we're calling them out on what they're doing. And they're like, well, we don't, we don't. That's not what we're not. Take, we don't take that money from the NRA because we're gonna 
vote for you know, their favor. Of the, you know, like we just put right back in their face their hypocrisy. Um, yeah, so guns are, you know, in everything. They're in everything. And the threat of a gun is in everything. And the normalcy of a gun is in everything. So in America, it's pretty scary. Yeah. Yes. Thank you all so much. I came in just a few minutes late, and I'm sad that I missed that. Um, oh, you didn't miss anything. You didn't miss that. We were, we're going to finish up soon and have some fun. Okay, great. Um, I have two quick questions. One is about sustainability. So, um, what is the the best kind of support and funding models that y'all have found? Like, is it membership? Are you noticing a difference? in um, donorship and things right now. And then the second question is, um, I am understanding how to move things into YouTube and like accessibility for more people to enjoy and participate. So it sounds like y'all put so much energy into the, the activation, like the actual thing. Can you talk a little bit about, like do you invest in the, Video production too, or do you just slap it up there and just let it be what it is? Well, as far as production, everything that you see is done by volunteers. So when we talk about being somebody has an idea, you know, they have an idea because they're a documentary filmmaker, or they have an idea because they write jingles for commercials, or they have an idea, and that was what I was saying about queer community is a lot of creative people too. Um, so when they have those ideas and they're inspired to make that idea happen, we will help fund it with materials, but they will also write, we have right now, there's, I'm gonna show you, the last thing I'm gonna show you is, a, is a, the trailer for our documentary film, um, which the filmmaker decided he wanted to make and then wrote grants and got grants to help pay for the creation of the documentary, which will be out in next winter. Um, so it's all volunteer. If somebody has an idea, then they call on friends. Sometimes if we think it's necessary, we will pay for things. If we have to, we, we pay for a, a meeting room every week at the Gay Center in Manhattan. Sometimes there's five people. During COVID, it's been difficult, but you know, sometimes there's 40 people there, sometimes there's only five. But we're there. We're there. We used to be there every other Thursday, every, all year long. Um, and then we just beg, you know, we have a fundraiser and we have some fun. We have a fabulous drag burlesque party in the city at one of the clubs and we invite everybody to come and, and make donations and we raise money that way. And, and we, we have other people who are like, oh, you know what, I have a friend who's a philanthropist or whatever. Like we are really, really hardcore grassroots. We just talk to everybody and see, and sometimes people will come, they'll be moved. We, we have had people come up to us, like seeing an HB and start to cry and say, oh my gosh, that was my classmate in wherever, you know, I didn't even know that happened to them or whatever. I wanna help you, how can I help you, you know? And we have don donate buttons and we have our, our you know QR code that takes them right to a place where they can Venmo us some money or PayPal or whatever. And so we, we do a lot with very small donations. So now it's time to end our show. And to find out more about working with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at Gaze Against Guns New York on Facebook and Instagram 
or gag no guns on Twitter. Everybody is welcome at any and all gag events. And another great way to get involved is by becoming a BAI buddy. A BAI buddy is someone who keeps our unique volunteer run radio show going by giving a small donation every month. Help keep us on the air here at WBAI to bring you this gun violence prevention news show every week. Just go to WBAI.org or give to WBAI.org or call 212-209-2950 and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And we are back with a new episode every Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. on WBAI. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on the WBAI website or on any major podcast platform. Until next week, I'm Sarah Germain Lilly. And this is Ty Kersley. Please have a safe and great day.